finish with chapter 47 and going into 48 which is what my idea is today anyway so uh, 47 chapter 47 of Isaiah beginning with verse 10 um, in verse 9 uh, looks like we stopped there last week where Babylon was bragging about how great she is I'll never see widowhood nor loss of children uh, in other words, very, you know, extremely wealthy and luxurious. And then God says, well, no, uh, these things are going to happen to you in spite of your many sorceries and enchantments. So Babylon is also involved with occultism. And whenever you get involved in occultism, you're really also involved with the demonic world also. And uh, so, so this is sort of where we start. With verse 10, uh, the prophet's talking to Babylon. You felt secure in your wickedness. You said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge led you astray. And you said in your heart, I am, and there is no one beside me. So now Babylon uh, basically is claiming to be God uh, in that last verse. I was going to make a bigger play on this than I. it seems that I am. Uh, Hebrew here in this last phrase I am and there is no one beside me really simply says I it doesn't add the verb am so I was going to make some kind of play on that but I found out that that also is a common way of expressing I am it's just to say I so, so my work in Hebrew uh, was for naught here <laughs> at this point <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Babylon is saying, I am. I mean, this, this is the phrase for God. So, uh, so Babylon wants to be God, right? And, uh, We're all gods. Are we? <laughs> and just as John picks up in Revelation, I mean, this goes on and on with, with Babylon, spiritual Babylon, and it, he quotes Isaiah. It's all the same. It's all the same stuff. Uh, okay, um, let's see what I have here. Uh, this is sort of, there is no one beside me, so this is a godlike claim by Babylon. So the state here claims to be God, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, or the Babylonian system under the rule of the devil claims to be God. St. Paul gives the devil this title in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. If somebody would read that one for us. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. If you like a convenient title for the devil that uh, maybe some of your lost friends won't understand, you could possibly use this. <laughs> Go ahead. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel yeah, so Paul calls the devil the god of this world. So that becomes a title uh, for him. 
And I mean, this is not rejected really anywhere in Scripture. I mean, it's, it's, uh, Christ said the prince of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. So Christ called the devil the prince of this mm -hmm. world. Paul names him the God of this world. So this is all the, you know, the bad stuff that's associated with uh, whatever. The luxurious world system as we know it. Um, this is all the, and all the bad stuff associated with that. Um, I mean, I don't have any polemic or any bad things to say about people who have wealth. I mean, uh, it can be sort of neutral, I guess, but, you know, we have to be careful uh, with that stuff and uh, understand that uh, people can get caught up in some bad stuff as they pursue the world of wealth. Okay, anybody have anything there? Uh, we've heard presidents having psychics. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, so. I think uh, Richard Nixon had a psychic. Really? They were referred to. And then um, Eleanor Roosevelt talked to dead spirits. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, she she looked a little bit that way, too. <laughs> <laughs> No kidding. Yeah, she was trying to contact Willie. So really at the highest r ranges of power in the U.S., that stuff from time to time, I don't say all the time, yeah. but from time to time it's been going on. Amazing. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's go to verse 11. Uh, if somebody would uh, look up Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 through 14, we'll read that one also. So this is verse 11. But evil shall come upon you, which you will not know how to charm away. Disaster shall fall upon you, for which you will not be able to atone. And ruin shall come upon you suddenly, of which you know nothing. So the fall of Babylon then is, is greater than their black magic and white magic and all this stuff. I mean, it's beyond that. So it's not going to be able to help. Uh, God hates the practice of magic. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 18 beginning at 9, 9 through 14. Somebody would read that. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his father pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft or soothsayer, or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you will possess, listening to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. Amen. So God hates this stuff. Yes. I remember, and you probably remember too, uh, sometime, whenever, it's been a long time ago, but whenever I've been in New Orleans and you go around Jackson Square there, uh, you know, there's the St. Louis Cathedral on one side of the square, which Katie and I, I think, attended uh, service there one time. But then around the whole square, there's just all these soothsayers and magicians, tarot card readers. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, a, it's not, there's more than one. I mean, they've got their table set up and you can go wherever you want, 
you know, get the tarot cards read or get your fortune told. So it's just, it's right there. I mean, the most famous, I can't remember her name, in New Orleans. Oh, I don't know. They almost worship her there in some ways, but she, I've read about her, she actually did the hair for all these really rich women. Yeah. And so she would just catch their gossip. <laughs> and pass it along. To prophesy. <laughs> Pretty cool. I don't so, remember so, that. So everybody thought that she was a, had all this great information. Yeah, yeah. In uh, verse 10 here, Deuteronomy, uh, the Hebrew actually says, anyone who Molochs is son or daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 uh. Uh, Moloch is the, is the god of child sacrifice. And I just, that's hard for me to get my mind around. I mean, the Israelites were engaging in child sacrifice. They were uh, burning their children up with fire. I mean, I, that's just hard for me to comprehend. What voice you listen to? Really? Really? Really, you know? Well, I have this written down about magic uh, from the guy I'm reading with the commentary. He says that magic rest on the belief in continuity that everything in the world is continuous with everything else therefore all one needs to manipulate the world is knowledge of the nature of the particular connections thus doing the proper rituals in the human realm has automatic results in the realm of nature and the gods ethics is of no religious significance in, in such a world uh, now Come on up, Greg. We got to sit for him right here. You okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that chair. <laughs> uh, uh, well, what was my point now? Uh, yes. For those of you that have been to Ethiopia, you know that, I mean, Indigenous outreach and other missions are doing a great work in bringing the gospel out to some of these villages. I mean, people are being converted, uh, believing in Christ. But when this happens, there generally happens a war between the Christians and the local witch doctor. Because the local witch doctor in these villages has had these people enslaved all their lives. They pay him money and all of this. Why? So he won't put some kind of a curse on them or some kind of an omen against them. The problem is that sometimes this stuff comes to pass because they're, they're, they're dealing in the demonic world and the demons can do stuff. I mean, it's not like they're just neutral, you know. I mean, they can do stuff. And praise God, I mean, you know, the Christians win a lot, most of the time and these, these guys are shown up to be the frauds that they are and people are able to get free from this bondage. But that stuff still goes on. Uh, so anyway, this is what, you know, this was interesting to me. Uh, so we see then that for the biblical writers, the practice of magic is an abomination. So we serve God by doing right, praying for mercy, being filled with the Spirit, not trying to manipulate God through magic or even through the saints, you know, the, you know, the saints can come over. I mean, maybe it's a neutral in some way, but it can come over and kind of be magic. There's a whole religion in Latin America called Santeria, 
which it uses the saints, right? So they use the saints, you know, like little dolls, and they, they do this, and well, this is going to happen here, and this is going to happen here. And you can be blessed here, but not here. And it's a whole, it's magic. I mean, it's just like the, uh, all other kinds. So it's all around us, as, uh, as we probably maybe not aware or maybe are aware. So, all right. Well, <laughs> yeah. For 80 players, somehow we lost some keys that were important. We you know, couldn't find them. And there was a woman who was doing volunteer work for us, and she just said, she said, we want us all, let's all pause and pray to St. James, because he is the patron saint of lost things. <laughs> why not go right to the top? Why not go to the source? <laughs> yeah, why, why go to the second string, you know? This is true. All right. So basically, the prophet then in verse 11, when the Medes and the Persians come upon Babylon, you will not be able to manipulate them away with magic. Uh, you, you may be do, do a few little things with magic. I mean, cause somebody to, you know, be sick or maybe have problems in their marriage or do some stuff this or prosper and some stuff. Maybe, maybe, but not with the Medes and Persians. I mean, that army is too big, too powerful. So our Father, God, is always looking for a Christological response in our lives which produces the right ethical response. And as my author that I'm reading says, magic is really not that interested in ethical action. Uh, they're more interested in manipulation of human beings and stuff. Uh, trying to manipulate God is never the right road as Isaiah continually emphasizes. So if someone would help me here this is Isaiah chapter 1 verses 10 through 20 and Isaiah 66 which is the last book verses 1 through 4 we could read those I mean we can't manipulate God <laughs> Isaiah 1 who has that what are those verses again 10 through 20 okay Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings and rams, and the fat of well-fed beasts. Mm. I do not delight in the blood of bulls, or of lambs, or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my cords? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. Wow. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations, I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. Wow. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Wow. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. 
Through your sin, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Yeah, so Israel here is engaging in legitimate worship. I mean, God had ordained all these things. Animal sacrifice, but God is saying, look, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this animal sacrifice. Why? Because they weren't engaging in right action. They weren't loving their neighbors and loving God. So if we're not doing that, then our, our, our worship becomes vain. Just like for Israel, I mean. So God says, I hate your worship, really. Although he had established it. I mean, we have to figure, it, figure out what he's saying here, you know. It's because of their, their wrong action. That was the, pro, that was the problem. Uh, Craig, you agree with that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we, we recognize the end of this as the, the work of Christ. Um, the, the last couple of verses there. This is what God considers reasoning together. You know? <laughs> Let's reason together just just accept for us. To find that Jesus paid it all, right? Yeah. But without reasoning together, I see a covenant as well, too. How can two, you know, that, uh, how, how can they walk together unless they be in agreement? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so you can't really establish a covenant unless you come into some kind of agreement. And True. That's what God is offering here. It's offering here. Let's, let's come to an agreement of who I am and who you well, are. And then let's just let's go. And, and, and our agreement consists in doing what God says, namely to, 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 to walk humbly, to love mercy, to do justice, and walk humbly with thy God. I mean, this is, this is what God wants. I mean, I worship, worship fine. But, I mean, if we're not walking with Christ and in Christ, I mean, what good is it? Somebody has Isaiah 66, verses uh, 1 through 4. I think it's the same idea. I've got it right here. Yeah, go ahead. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. This is the one I esteem. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. But whoever sacrifices a bull it's like the one who kills a man. Oh, boy. And whoever offers a lamb is like one who breaks a dog's neck. Oh, man. Whoever makes a grain offering is like one who presents pig's blood. Oh, boy. And whoever burns memorial incense like one who worships an idol. Man. They have chosen their own ways, and their souls delight in their abomination. So I also will choose harsh treatment for them and will bring upon them what they dread. Oh boy. For when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, no one listened. They did evil in my sight and chose what displeases me. So, worship of Christ without following Christ in terms of our actions is vain, really. I mean, we can apply the same thing here. Uh, <clears throat> how easy it is to. For us to slip into this kind of yeah, thing. very easy. I mean, it's very easy. Battle us with this little yeah. war is all about. Yeah, so amen. Because we just we 
we keep putting ourselves before God. Mm. You know, so it's in, in front of Him instead of Him being in front of us. And so we have to keep. He has to keep forgiving. Have to keep. That's why, as you said, call for mercy. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So. Yeah. I like what the psalm said. You said, well, no, Jesus paid all. Yeah. And the next phrase says, all to him. I there you go. Our body, we've been bought by the blood wow. of Christ. So therefore, glorify God. Glorify God. God. Yeah. There you go. You totally have to say, I Yeah. This is pure religion. <laughs> we did well, that. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things that David just read, uh, I will bring upon you the very things that you dread is something that Job said. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. very thing I feared has happened. Oh. He is, he is separated mm -hmm. from God. Man. Of course, we all know, you know, the backstory for Job, uh, it's not because he was guilty of anything in particular, but yeah. uh, but that that's a way that he is a type of Christ. Man. The very thing Christ dreaded came upon him, though totally innocent. Wow. Well, I don't think you really see Job in that way, you know, because he, in a sense, the more he gets into it, the more he hears from God. It's like he takes on, he takes on everything, you know, almost like a Christ, you know, Christ taking on, becoming sin for us, taking on all that sin. Right. Complicated and toward the end of the book, even though Job had not done any wrong, but yet God shows him, yeah, but I mean, your attitude's not right, man. Yeah, <laughs> <I> mean, <no. laughs> but come Job on, does, Job does become a sin bearer at the end. Yeah, God when he prays for his friends. Know, all of y'all spoke wrongly of Job. Spoke yeah. Job, I'm having Job pray for you. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll have mercy. Yeah. Do you remember where Job was at that he said the very thing I fear is coming? Uh, no, I can't give you chapter and verse. Uh, I'll try to find it though. Thank you. Well, we'll go on while Greg's looking for that. Uh, verses 12 and 13. The prophet again gets sarcastic against idolatry and magic. Stand fast. Now, this is sarcasm to Babylon. Stand fast in your enchantments and in your many sorceries with which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you may be able to succeed. Perhaps you may inspire terror. You are wearied with your many counsels. Let them stand forth and save you. Those who divide the heavens, who gaze at the stars, who at the new moon make known what shall come upon you. Okay, now, verse 13. Uh, I think I'm right on this, that basically uh, Babylon, which comes out of Babel, right, uh, developed the astrological calendar, okay? You know, the house of Aquarius and the house of Pisces and all of these, the water bearer and all these astrological things that the astrologers did. This comes out of Babylon. This has been around a long time. I mean, probably from the Tower of Babel. So this astrology stuff has been uh, yeah. with the human race a long time. Craig? Uh, sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, my uh, son-in-law, Antoine, I think some of you know Antoine, uh, Antoine made a confession of faith about a year and a half ago in Christ. Praise the Lord. Uh, his sister, who's a really nice person, really kind and a wonderful person, 
is a professional astrologer. So uh, that stuff is all in his family. Uh, his grandmother was a, a practicing pagan, what, whatever that means. And so that stuff influenced Antoine's mom, who basically, she reads a lot of books. This is her problem. She reads a lot of books, okay? Uh, but it's all, it's all of this kind of Eastern thought stuff and all of this, you know, self-aggrandizement, self-help. Be a nice person. Uh, she's a life coach, Boy, she's not coaching my life. <laughs> I, I guarantee you that. Uh, so we're praying for her. That the, and Antoine's ministered to her too. So we'll see. So we're praying for my grandchildren, particularly, that that generation of paganism would not affect them. Would be, I mean, Antoine and Anne Marie are both. They're both Christians, and so. Antoine should read chapter 47 from Isaiah to her. Yeah. Well, I mean, Antoine's not into that stuff. I'm just telling no, where his family's coming from. No, read to his sister. Well, yeah. But if they don't believe, they don't believe. <laughs> Indeed. Well, we'll see. So this is where, where Antoine is, you know, in dealing with his family. Well, it's this people that just, in a sense, read their horoscope every weekend. Oh, I know. So, yeah. yeah. They're designed to suck you in because they give you just enough of what you know. Oh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. And where you really need to have fear is when it really begins to come true. This is when you really need to watch out. Yeah. One, one thing about those folks is that acknowledges that they know something ain't right. It's just that they're looking in the wrong place. That's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. They, they have there's a, there's somewhat of a spiritual search going on. Yeah, there is a search yeah. going on. Yeah, and I think that's I true. Mean, you know, I, one thing I say to atheists or agnostics regularly when I bump into them is, you know, consider that every organism, everything that exists, operates by instinct except human beings. Check it out. And that, yeah, that's a you know, I, you need to be looking. For why? You know, how, did we, how did we get this way? <laughs> yeah, you know, why is it this way? Yeah, that's good. Even that is under fire now, though. The human yeah, person, we sure. Don't, we don't really have free will because you know, everything we do is just a chemical reaction in the brain. Synapse in the brain that yeah. we don't have any control over. It's... You mean in their thoughts? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, they're saying no, no actual free will. You know, it's just a. Well, you know, that's that's what evolution's trying to do. They're trying to invent a God that doesn't have a personality. So he, he's a, he or it is a force. You know, it's a force, but it's just another another way of attacking. You know, being made with God. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's a South African psychologist. He got two PhDs. He's a Christian. And some of his writings are at uh, Answers in Genesis, their uh, Answers Research Journal. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember the name. But essentially, he wrote several years ago. He said there's been a crisis in psychology mm -hmm. since the 60s mm -hmm. yeah. because they defined more and more psychoses and drugged more and more. Mm -hmm. And they have not made any noticeable impact mm -hmm. on this. No help. And he, as a Christian yeah. who's a trained you know, yeah. psychologist, his point is that all they're looking at is the gray matter of yeah. the physical. The and they're physical. not acknowledging uh, yes, the spiritual. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't exist. 
in their mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One point I made before to people, you know, they say there's no such thing as the metaphysical. And you just point out to them, well, metaphysical means beyond, beyond the physical. physical. Yeah. Look at the universe tonight. It's a physical thing that stretches out ad infinitum. Yeah. That is metaphysical. Beyond the physical. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because you have no idea where the where the end of it is and what's on the other side of the end of it. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's very plain. The point of it is to shake them up, yeah. not to argue with them. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there is a make them think. Make them think about something. Yeah, those two little facts I've mentioned. Uh, yeah. If a person really cares about, you know, why is this the way this is? Yeah. Is there really a God? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those can be very, very useful good. and helpful. And very good. Yeah. All right, let's go on. Verses fourteen and fifteen. Uh, behold, they are like stubble. I think he's talking about Babylon here. Uh, the fire consumes them. They cannot deliver themselves from the power of the flame. No coal for warming oneself is this. No fire to sit before. Such to you are those with whom you have labored, who have done business with you from your youth. They wander about each in his own direction. There's no one to save you. This is sort of like the merchants there in Revelation, you know, are weeping over the destruction of Babylon. They say, wow, didn't we get rich? I mean, you know, when things were really going great. And it's lost my income. Yeah, and now Babylon's destroyed. Oh, no. And our business is destroyed and so forth. Uh, well, same kind of deal. Nobody's going to save Babylon when destruction comes. My customers comes. are running to the hills. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, chapter 48. Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name of Israel and who come from the waters of Judah who swear by the name of the Lord and confess the God of Israel, but not in truth or right. For they call themselves after the holy city and stay themselves on the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. So here now in verses 48 and some following uh, becomes a key word in this passage occurring several times in verses 1 through 16. Here, you know, hear, O Israel, right? So this hearing of what God is saying is basic to Israel's existence. As in the famous Shema of Israel, you know, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So, you know, and Christ says this in Revelation, you know, let he who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Which means not only are we listening to what the preacher is saying, but we're taking it seriously. We're, we're applying it. Yeah, take heed. We're not just, oh, that was a great sermon. I'll be back next week. I mean, you know, we need to heed what the preacher's saying. Take it seriously. And then obey. Uh, well, that's what heed means. <laughs> okay, it takes it almost once. like, okay, I acknowledge it. I acknowledge it, but I don't do anything. <laughs> well, that's, that's a mistake. There, yeah, that's it. Uh, all right. Uh, so we have identified ourselves, the Jews have identified themselves as the people of God, so believe and act like the people of God. This is not a hard message, I mean. Uh, and so this is what the prophets, no doubt, are saying all throughout the Old Testament, and then what the preachers are saying in the New Testament. Uh, we claim to be the people of God, okay, so believe and act like the people of God. Very good. All right, so we know this. 
Knowing Christ should make you different. It should. Verse 3. The former things I declared of old, they went out from my mouth and I announced them. Then suddenly I did them and they came to pass. So God is, uh, through the mouth of Isaiah, is making a case for himself, if we could put it that way. So he's saying that, look, I'm, look at all these prophecies I made for all these crazy prophets and all running around in the desert and all this stuff, making all these prophecies. Hey, they all came true. I did all this, says God. I raised these prophets up. I'm giving them something to say. Uh, verses 4 and 5. Because I know that you are obstinate and your neck is an iron sinew and your forehead brass. I declared them to you from of old before they came to pass. I announced them to you lest you should say my idol did them and my carved image and my metal image commanded them. So again, God is making the case from completed prophecy that he said it a long time before, lest they should say, no, it, it's my idol magic that was doing all this. And the guy said, no, I mean, I already announced all this stuff. God has told us certain things. He is the creator and he has created us in his image. His desire for us is to be conformed to that original image. The idol world and the demonic world is simply contrary to these things. God has already told us, therefore, that the demonic world is out of bounds for us. Since God is our creator, we cannot manipulate him the way that shamans think that they manipulate idols or demons. Uh, I'll, I'll say, this is what I, huh? Uh, do you have a demon story? <laughs> I was thinking about the shaman that claims you'll clean your, do oh, your yeah. uh, dog's teeth without any anesthesia. <laughs> We didn't. There was a guy that said he could clean your dog's teeth without putting them to sleep. He was a shaman, and Katie ran a million miles in the other direction from that guy. <laughs> I tell the owner of the shop, you know, I said, "Why do you want a witch doctor? That's what a shaman is." And she looked at me like, "Huh?" Well, then, then a Christian brother who has a because people know, don't know this stuff. That has that kind of shaman. People don't he know didn't, this he stuff. didn't want to change either, so I thought, well. <laughs> Well, this is also true. Uh, well, uh, without beating this stuff to death, we need to take, you know, be sensitive to this stuff and take it uh, seriously. Uh, if you have any demonic-oriented stuff in your house, you need to get rid of it. Uh, Katie and I, I forget things that I knew 30 years ago, right? I mean, probably I was hotter for Christ 30 years ago than I am now, right? I mean, I knew a lot 30 years ago, and I was practicing a lot. And we got rid of a lot of demonic stuff. But just within the last month, we, Katie and I were convicted that we, we really shouldn't have this stuff in the house. I mean, it's maybe not that bad, but there might be a, a doubt about it. Katie had more of a doubt than I did. <laughs> Obviously, she's more spiritual. No. <laughs> more, <laughs> tuned. more in tune. So she is the better half. Well, this, our, there's our, no our question. Neighbor, our neighbors from Egypt that we uh, met one time, she gave me these gifts, and one of them was this papyrus with this. I don't know what that. We don't know was what it was, be, but I, it did. It was huge, and I'm. I, I, and it was beautiful. I, I put it on the wall, you know. 
And, uh, and, every, and, and, and if you want, look at it, just right, then you can see an onk in there. So oh, the, boy. <laughs> what? It's Egyptian cross. It looks like a cross. That Egyptian, Egyptian cross. And the thing on the top, yeah. And, uh, and then she also gave us a pharaoh head. It's about this big, red, wow. and Walton had it in his office. <laughs> and I never felt good about that, for sure. Because it's like an idol, you know? And I thought, so, we, so we got rid of that stuff. Did you get rid of the Beethoven bust? Pardon me? We did. Beethoven bust. Beethoven bust. No, no. We don't have that. So we got rid of that stuff. Again, I, you know, some of this may be a little bit up, maybe over the edge, but, but some of it not. I mean, and you can think of maybe various places you've been or whatever, and you, you see some stuff say, man, that's... That's not good stuff to have, I mean, have in your house. But of course, we can't do anything about other people. But for ourselves, we can do something. We were given an Aztec calendar oh, two boy. different times by some Christian brothers in Mexico. They don't know. They don't know. They had demon in the faces of that, all over. In the middle of it, and it's a. <laughs> we tried to get rid of that thing from Latin America up to California. I left it in the waiting room of an airport. And I'm get rid of it right here. Said, with the person who left the Aztec calendar. No, we we had, then, oh man, we tried all, over half the hemisphere to try to get rid of that thing. And finally, in California, we threw it in a dumpster somewhere. Set it on fire. <laughs> 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 one thing to think about, though, if, if God is God and he these is. things are just worth, there's nothing. Idols are nothing, really, if you think about it. They're just add up to zero. You know, you don't have to be too afraid. That's true. But it's just that idea, you know. That but still, but, but by being afraid of them, you're we're not being afraid of them. But still, it provides a, a slight of a welcome mat for demons. If you've got demonic stuff in your house, the demons may say, "Well, I will just come in and you know, make us a pizza and tool around in here a little yeah, bit." They must, you know? they must like our kind of. Let's yeah, just come yeah. on in. First yeah. Corinthians, Paul says, you know, we all know that idols are nothing. Yeah. In the very next breath, he says. Those who worship idols are worshiping demons. <laughs> well, so what did the Corinthians do? Or maybe it wasn't them, but another church. They go out and burn a thousand, ten thousand dollars worth of magic books yeah. at the preaching of Paul. That's what oh, they did. All right. By the way, the Aztecs were all about Moloch as well. Yeah, so child sacrifice. Yeah, the sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's read a little more. Uh, where were we anyway? That's verse 3, I think. Verse no, uh, no. 5. 5. Let's go to 6. You have heard, now see all this, and, I, and will you not declare it? From this time forth I announce to you new things, hidden things that you have not known. They were created now, not long ago. Before today you have never heard of them lest you should say, Behold, I knew them. So now, I mean, I don't know how to explain this. God is making a case for himself. He's saying, Look, I had all these old prophecies, and some of these have been fulfilled. So I'm God. And guess what? I'm going to do new prophecies today, and they're going to be fulfilled. So you can't say that you did it through magic or you did it through manipulation of idols and stuff, because I'm going to do it, not, not all this other stuff, right? in terms of how I understand it. 
Uh, so, old prophecies have been fulfilled and new things are being created by God. He is creative. God is creative and surprising. What? He has created. He has created and He is creating. Creating. Creating, yes. Yeah. For instance, which amazing uh, opportunity are you going to have this week to share Christ with somebody? Maybe you're not going to have one. Maybe you're going to have a great one. Who knows? Who creates these opportunities? You? No, God does. He creates all these opportunities. He makes new creations of people every single day. Also. Also. Uh, verse 8. Uh, if someone would look up Ecclesiastes 8.17 for us also, we'll read that. For you have never heard, you have never known. From of old your ear has not been opened. For I knew that you would surely deal treacherously and that from birth, before birth, you were called a rebel. I'm not sure totally here. Basically, it's... it's uh, well, uh, I don't know. Where, uh, where is God going with his evangelism program today? Or in what part of the world is Holy Ghost revival going to spring up? Well, I think that we don't know uh, because God creates these things, right? Uh, so we don't know, no matter how... No matter how much biblical knowledge we have or how wise we are, we really don't know to which conforms King Solomon in Ecclesiastes 8.17. Then I beheld all the work of God that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. Because though a man labor to seek it out, yet he shall not find it. Yea, further, though a wise man think to know it, he shall not be able to. I mean, we can't, we can't restrain God or know. I, I like to think about evangelism. I mean, we can't really know his path of evangelism. I mean, we do evangelism. But I mean, where you have a real breakout of the gospel in a big way, you know? Uh, I'm sure. I, I don't know. This college in Kentucky. Well, it happened at Asbury. Just boom. Just boom, there it is. There it is. And no, And no one at Asbury was really expecting that. You know? so. All right. This thing on rebel, though, you know, rebel is is also the same word as fool. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. Rebels are fools. Well, that's true. All right. Verses nine through eleven. For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you. Look at this. I mean, God doesn't deal with us in wrath all the time. Why? That I may not cut you off. I mean, if I dealt with you in wrath, you'd be toast. <laughs> Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction for my own sake. For my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. So he's refining Israel through all this affliction. Why? For his own sake. He refines the church through affliction. Why? For his own sake. For his, his great name. 
That's why. So here we kindness. are. Kindness. Pardon? Kindness manifested. How many bold? One of our teachers used to say, God is not appointed us to rant, but to suffer. Well, well there, there we go. Yeah. yeah. But he did not restrain his wrath from Christ. Mm. Well, that he would be both just he took the and, and the justifier of those who have faith in Jesus. For his own sake. But on judgment day, you, you either understand the kindness of God or the wrath of God. There you go. There you go. Well, okay. So we continue to encourage our friends and neighbors to believe in Christ, however we can do it. Uh, all right, verse 9, I believe. No, wait. Uh, where are we? 12. Oh, yes, 12. All right, let's, okay. Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I call. I am he, I am the first, and I am the last. So this sounds a little bit like the Alpha and Omega of, in the book of Revelation, the first and the last. Um, let's go to verse, read a little more, 13. My hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. Wow. When I call to them, they stand forth together. <clears throat> Assemble, all of you, and listen. Here's that here again. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He shall perform his purpose on Babylon, and his arm shall be against the Chaldeans. Um, even I, even I have spoken and called him. So it seems like we're back to Cyrus now, <clears throat> this one who's going to defeat Babylon. I have brought him, and he will prosper in his way. Okay. So this seems to be, again, a mention of Cyrus and the Babylonian destruction. Uh, okay, verse 16. Draw near to me and hear this. Here's that here again. From the beginning I have not spoken in secret. From the time it came to be I have been there. And now the Lord God has sent me and his spirit. Well, uh, 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way you should go. Uh, again, we have some of these multiplying names of God here that we talked about before where God is calling him by various titles, El, Elohim, Yahweh, Messiah, and, and so forth, all these titles. <coughs> um, so what is God telling us? Well, he tells us here, he's telling Israel, and I think by implication of us too, that he gives us a vocation. Praise God. Uh, and he shows us and leads us in the way that we should go. So what a benefit. I mean, God gives us a way to earn a living. Praise him. And in the midst of that, he also shows us how to act rightly. I mean, I love this personally. I mean, you know, we can make money without sinning. Okay? We can make money by sinning and we can make money without sinning so obviously God is calling us to make money without sinning to, to go in that vocational way I love the idea of that vocation that God gives us not only you know in business or however you're earning your living but he gives a spiritual vocation I think you know through spiritual gifts I mean so you have these gifts well then kind of becomes a vocation. I mean, this is what, okay, this is what you got, then this is what you use. I mean, okay. 
Does that make sense? Do you know why he says he is the first and the last? What he means? Why he says it three times in, or more times in Revelation? Yeah, Alpha and Omega. Five times in Revelation. Yeah, the first and the last. Yeah. Well, I, I can surely know why he's the first because he exists before there's any any matter. I mean, he creates ex nihilo from nothing, and then there's nothing, and then there's something because God creates it. So he's before everything that we're familiar with. And the scripture says that he's eternal. So his beforeness, I mean, it goes back into eternity past, which, I mean, you can't, I mean, I can't, you know, really get there with my mind. But. Well, like Revelation 2 8 says, And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. It's like a name. Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega, yeah. It's I'm just trying to uh, understand if there's a deeper meaning in him saying that. I mean, wow. well, it, it sort of points it out here in chapter, in verse 11 and then in 13. I am the first and left. My own hand laid the foundation of the earth. Well, he wants us to know this. He's creator. Yeah. The creator. Yeah. And then I summon them together. I control everything that they do. You know, they can't do anything without me. That, who they? Who are you, who is the they, they? The earth, the whole earth, okay. the whole the universe. So they're calling it all together. So then I can summon them. So I can summon lightning. I can so I can do all this kind of stuff. So in a sense, he's saying. I control not only the creation of it, but I control the results of where it's going and what it's going to be doing and where it's going to be. You, uh, Greg, you might also think of it in terms of that God is the first word and he's also the last word. My God, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I already know that, Lord. Why are you studying a bunch of time? Five times in Revelation? One time here. Well, five is the number of grace. Yeah. Israel he wants us to know that. Yeah. Well, just because you know it, I mean, everybody doesn't know this. Well, I mean, but, you know, our lot, I'm just, okay. I won't dwell on it, but I just thought there might be something. Well, I, I, think sometime, I think sometimes simple statements really have the more profound meaning and impact. Everything is wrapped up in Him. I always like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get tired of hearing this. Yeah. And, a, and an essential part of it is the I am statement. You know, yeah. I am. It's part of this just overarching everythingness. He starts circle here and In verse 16 here, he says, I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. You know, from the beginning, I have made myself known. From the time that it was, I was there. You know, mm -hmm. well, at the beginning, I was there. There he is. At this point, at this point, so we know the definition of what it is. <laughs> what? Well, in, God in that, was there. Right. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Nick. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> go ahead, Nick. I was going to say this is also a direct contrast to Babylon's statement in verse ten, where they say, "I am, and there is no one beside ah, me." Ah, there you go. Over in back in chapter there you seven, go. so so God is now saying, "No." This, yeah. This is, this so is basically, right. what Babylon is saying is, "Babylon, I am the first and the last." And yeah. God said, no, "No, I am the first and the last, yeah. not some kind of demonic Babylonian kingdom." You know. 
I, I have a question, and I see it's in quotation marks uh, in verse 16. You'll come near and listen to me uh, for the first announcement. I have not spoken in secret at the, at the time it happens. I am there, and now the Sovereign Lord has sent me with His Spirit. So it's like it's God speaking, and then He's saying, "Oh, and then I'm sent." Or is that that's just is that just Isaiah speaking there? Okay. And now the Sovereign Lord has sent me with His Spirit. What verse are you on? That's 16. 16, oh. the end of 16. So God has sent me with His Spirit. I think it's the prophet there. Yeah, it's, it's Isaiah's I think so. Now the Sovereign Lord has sent me yeah. with this is His Spirit. spirit and that's it from and the this Lord. is what the Lord says. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we have a few minutes. Let's go ahead and finish this chapter up. Uh, we've probably said... Maybe a repeating here, but we'll, let's read some in 18. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments, says God. Then your peace would have been like a river. That's a children's song, is it not? I've got peace like a river. That's where it comes from right here. Yeah. So, peace like a river. Yes. All right? Let's walk with Christ and do what God says. Then you can be at peace. But let's not walk with Christ and disobey God. And then you won't have peace. I can testify. It's hard, man. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. 19. Your offspring would have been like the sand and your descendants like its grains. Their name would never be cut off or destroyed from before me. There's a certain, and I see this myself, there's a certain blessing, I think, where you get into some families. It's, it's not my family. I mean had fairly small numbers of children and stuff. But some families that maybe have a lot of children and those children, have a, they reproduce and they have a lot of grandchildren. So you see people that, well, I've got 20 grandchildren. I've, you know, I've got 25 grandchildren. Well, this is a blessing. This is a blessing of fruitfulness. Not everybody has this. Uh, so this kind of nation that's walking in the ways of the Lord, they're being blessed with reproduction, right? Now, our country is not being blessed with reproduction now. The birth rate is falling, and maybe it'll be like net zero or something. Maybe it is there pretty soon. Why? Because we're throwing the Bible out, and we're throwing Christ out of our nation. This is why. So then as Christ moves out, homosexuality moves in. Guess what? They don't reproduce. So it's a blessing. Reproduction's a blessing. You know? That's the way I see it. That's what God said. That's right. Yeah. All right. You should have five. Everybody, every Christian should have at least five children. Because that's a five is your arrows. Well, why are you a better Christian than I am? All right, verse 20. Go out from Babylon, flee from Chaldea, declare this with a shout of joy and proclaim it, send it out to the end of the earth. Say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. All right. They did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He made the water flow for them from the rock and he split the rock and the water gushed out. So God is saying, remember, remember, remember all of these things that I've done. There is no peace on the other hand for the wicked, saith our Lord. We'll stop there. Thanks.
Thank you for your attention.